0: The Buccaneers fail across the board, losing to the Steelers 20 to 18. We tell you what has to change for the offense to become a threat in the red zone once again. And David weighs in on Tom Brady playing as poorly as he did. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, joined by my Heinz Field attending co-host David Harrison. You can check out his work over at BucksGameday.com. Day.com. Check out my stuff over at bucksnation.com. And of course, follow along on Twitter at lockedonbucks, at jarco underscore bucks, and at dharrison82. Again, we thank you for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or view every day. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on that's pricepicks.com promo code locked on. We will tell you how the Steelers managed to shred the Bucks defense late in the game coming up in just a moment. But David, let's start with the offensive side of the ball in my live post <laughs> in my live postcast. I pointed to a lot of issues. That the offense had on Sunday. But let's start with what I think was the biggest issue on Sunday mm-hmm. and has been the biggest issue throughout the season now, and that is the red zone. The Buccaneers were one for four on Sunday. They're nine for 19 this season. And if you take out the Chiefs game, they're five for 15 in the red zone. What do the Buccaneers need to do to get this red zone offense actually on track?
1: I mean, honestly, they're going to have to start being a little more creative in, in their play design and their play calling. And they're also going to be a little bit more physical. And, and I'm not necessarily talking up front, although that would be uh, very helpful as well as being more physical and being more successfully physical up front. Um, but, look, when, you know, there, there's there's many, many parts of this team. There's many units in this team. And it's, in, it's on the guys in the locker room to basically pick each other up. So if the offensive line isn't pushing uh, the defensive line back enough to get, you know, these short runs, uh, that they need to get, then the tight ends got to come in and, and pick up some of that slack. If the tight ends aren't doing it, then the receivers got to find a way to get open better. If the receivers aren't doing it, then the running backs got to go out there and either run hard uh, harder. You know, not saying that they're not running hard, but it's just it's one of those situations where we all know that the Buccaneers are not operating with an offensive line that they planned on operating with coming into this season uh, as far as you know, Ryan Jensen, especially being gone. And we talked about this when Ryan got injured and it goes so, so, so much further beyond um, what just Ryan Jensen does as a player. But we're gonna talk about offensive line. So I'll kind of save that for then. But I think really it's just it's a matter of you have who you have. Right. And we hear losing teams say this a lot when it's like, hey, how are you gonna get better at this? How are you gonna get better at that? There is no there's no secret weapon walking through the door, right? The only player out there on the open market that could potentially come in and make a drastic change to anybody's offense is o- Odell Beckham Jr. And honestly, is Odell Beckham Jr. even gonna come in and solve some of the issues that the Buccaneers are having? I don't know what they do, especially in the red zone. Um, I heard you talk about getting Mike Evans more involved, and I think there comes a time where, you know, Tom Brady's kind of known for I take the open guy, I make the open read. And Byron Leth, which he loves that kind of, of approach of, you know, let's not force feed somebody. But when you're when you're being unsuccessful as much as this team is, you almost have to kind of get to the point where you, you say, you know what? We're not winning with everybody else. We're not making these plays with everybody else. We got to force feed the stars. And we got to prove to everybody, show everybody again why they were stars in the first place. And, you know, to make an NBA analogy, if Scotty and, and Dennis and, and, you know, Tony Kukoc aren't getting it done, you got to feed MJ. Everybody on the court knows you're going to do it. They know he's the best on the court. They're going to double him. They're going to triple him. They're going to try to keep the ball away from him. But you got to feed him anyway, and you got to let greatness go be great. And I think that's what you have to do right now with guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the red zone uh, while these other guys kind of catch up.
0: Tom Brady, uh, I talked about this as well. He struggled early on, and honestly, yeah. he's he hasn't looked good all season. I expressed my concern that some of these little things, you and I were there at training camp when yep. he started his 11-day absence. Uh he's getting these days off through the week, flying to weddings on a Friday night, and you and I typically and I think most people would go, "It's Tom Brady, you really don't need to worry about it, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's going to have it figured out." We we brush it off because he's Tom Brady. Is it time to stop brushing it off based on his performance early this year and think maybe, maybe father time has finally caught up to him or just that mentally he's not in it the way we all kind of assumed he was?
1: No, I I don't think it is, to be quite honest with you. I think, Tom, from a performance ability standpoint, right, is fine. I think what you're seeing right now and what I think I saw against the Pittsburgh Steelers specifically is a lack of trust in the offensive line, and I know – that uh, You know, everybody saw the clip uh, of him, even, you know, in the press box. It was making its rounds. Uh, I think we can shout out to Trevor Suckum for that. I think he shared it, and it basically just went uh, loose from there of, of Tom, you know, chewing his offensive lineman's butts um, during the game. I think that's what you're seeing. I think you're starting to see everybody kind of laughed at who was not name of Sam Darnold, right, his rookie season was when he said I'm out there seeing ghosts. I think that's basically what Tom is going through. And some of these throws, I remember there was a specific throw uh, where he had a clean, a relatively clean pocket threw the ball away. And we were all kind of stunned. We were like, you're going to throw the ball away when you're in a pocket like that. And basically, if you if you look at it, I almost kind of look at this as pass rushers going in against this offensive line in the mind of Tom Brady almost have one or two extra steps than they actually do have. So when we see a clean pocket, Tom Brady sees a guy that's one or two steps away from breaking through and, and creaming him. So he's going to get rid of the ball. When a guy is one step through his his offensive line, Tom sees a guy that's on top of him. So he's, he's reacting as such. And then, when of course, when he's getting sacked, then he starts yelling at people. Um, I think that's really what we're seeing here is that Tom just doesn't have confidence in the five that are in front of him. And it may be limited to one or two guys. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, again, I know we have to get deeper into that. But I think that's really what we're seeing is an offense or a quarterback that is playing behind an offensive line that he doesn't have the total faith in to protect him right now because he knows he can't escape. So if he knows his, he, he doesn't believe his guys can protect him enough, Then the only weapon he has to protect himself, which is how he's made his living this this entire time, how he stayed so healthy is by protecting himself by being smart is to get rid of the ball. I think that's what we're starting to see.
0: Well, and and you've already touched on it a couple of different ways, but let's dive straight in. How much of the offensive line playing as poorly as they are is playing into how bad this Buccaneers offense has been?
1: It's all of it, and, that, and that's that's obvious, at least you know in my mindset, because, again, everything we're talking about, right, red zone, how do you score better in the red zone, how does Tom Brady play better, it's all coming back to the offensive line, which means the offensive line problems are plaguing the entire offense, and really that's not a surprise, because right, there's a saying in, in football that if you're really good in the trenches, it's hard to be really bad. Well, I think the flip side of that works, too. If you're bad in the trenches, it's really hard to be good, and right now I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers maybe aren't the worst offensive line in the National Football League, but I think – you're 16 to 20. You know what I mean? Probably somewhere in that range I would probably put you right now. And that's not necessarily everybody, right? Like some of these guys are are certainly talented. Um, But I think that everybody's riding on rookie uh, Luke Gedecky or Gedecky. And I think that is, sorry, that was said in the press conference or the press box today. Um, Luke Gedecky. And I think there's something to be said about it. But James, we talked about this during training camp and I don't remember if we said it on the Locked on Bucks podcast or we just kind of talked, you know, we were in Tampa together uh, staying in the same Airbnb. But we talked about this. With a rookie offensive lineman, especially once you put him in there, you really can't take him out because if you take this kid out, I mean, this it's his first year in the National Football League. It's his first year playing on an NFL offensive line. He's trying to get used to these guys. He's protecting the goat. He's already got all this pressure on him. You go through and you pull him and, and kind of take him through the the mental stress and, and anxiety of being benched. Now you're adding that onto everything else, and you're kind of getting that zone where did you maybe rush him in there too early? Now are you going to kind of risk breaking this guy before he really gets his career going. I think that's where the Buccaneers kind of are right now is they made a decision to roll with him, you know, over a Nick Leverett, uh, for example. And now they're in a situation where if we pull him, because I think when, when you talk about rookies, you have to go full, full speed one way or the other. So if you're going to start him, you got to put your full support behind him, and you got to give him the opportunities to get better because he's a rookie. But if you come to the decision, you say, all right, dude, like we've given you enough time we can't we can't wait anymore, so we're going to pull you, it's got to be done. You can't have Nick Leverett, for example, go out there for four weeks and then get four wins maybe and say, okay, now we're going to put Luke back out there, give it a shot. You can't play that waffle back and forth game. So the Buccaneers right now, I think you're in a, in a tough spot because he's not the only one, right, that, that's having some issues, but I think he's the biggest one. But if you pull him, it's got to be for the year. Like minus injury, that's got to be it. Maybe next year he comes in and battles for the job again. But as far as 2022 is concerned if you pull him it's got to be now and do you really want to do that a third of the way through the season or do you want to at least wait until you get a couple more weeks in you
0: you want to wait until Ryan Jensen comes back and then you can slide Robert Haynesy over and not have to worry about it but that would
1: be that would be great that
0: would be <laughs> ideal uh we're going to flip sides of the ball we're going to talk about some of the struggles that the defense had yeah. coming up in just a moment but first Getting a little bit older, David and I both can relate. You're not what you used to be when you were at your peak self. Maybe you're having a little bit of trouble keeping up with the kids or, or getting out of bed in the morning without some of those aches and pains. But if you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, NuGenix Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are f- that are often far less than clinical grade. With NuGenic NuGenix Total T, you can get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And NuGenix's formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. NuGenix Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC, and Nugenics Total T can help you re-energize your life and help you get back to the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text NFL to 231231. 231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever. With key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text NFL to 231231. Text NFL to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at nugenics.com/slash term. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because with my crazy sleep and work schedule, it could be really difficult to make sure that I'm eating right and getting enough sleep. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. So all of the things. It's a great way for me to kick off my super early mornings as I drink one on my way to the depot to get my workday started. It supports better better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. And it's the one thing with the best fakes. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. I mix mine with a little bit of apple juice. David's a pineapple juice guy, but that's it. There's no need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/slash NFL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you again for making Locked on bucks. Your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL key predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Lockdown's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Lockdown NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. David, let's flip sides of the ball and talk a little defense. You know, the defense, that gave up. Kenny Pickett's first career passing touchdown on a blow coverage and a defense that allowed Mitch Trubisky to convert, you know, third and 15, and third and 13, and third and 11. Um, is it time for Todd Bowles to relinquish play calling and just focus on being a head coach?
1: So I'll, I'll say this. You already know that I'm, I'm, I'm a person that believes that a head coach needs to focus on being a head coach. If you're focusing on being a defensive or an offensive coordinator at the same time, I mean, look, I know – they all give somebody else that title and, and all that stuff. But let's 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 be real about it here. If you're the head coach and you're calling the offensive plays, or you're the head coach and you're calling the defensive plays, you're coordinating. You're like you're not gonna go in there and say, okay, Casey Rogers or anybody else, who what did you coordinate for the game? And then let me go call it. That doesn't make any sense. You're in the game planning process, you're in the process of putting things together, which means that you're not looking holistically, right? And at the same time, when your offense is struggling i mean if, if you're a head coach and you have a struggling offense i can't you know uh i think three uh three three and outs right the very first drive of the game is a three and out and then you have two more uh going from there you're already struggling to get in the red zone you're struggling just getting square in position now you've got three and outs happening how can you possibly go work with your offense and your offensive coordinator and your quarterback when you're calling the defense you can't like that's honestly like you just can't it's not even a matter of can you be a multitasker because there's no multitasking available You're calling a defense. You have to be locked into what you're doing. So that's always been my problem with head coaches that also call one side or the other. Now, with that being said, what I will say is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, this wasn't a scheme issue today. This wasn't a play calling issue today. This was an execution issue. Um, You look at the touchdown to Najee Harris. Devin White is not supposed to be where he is on that play. He's supposed to be guarding... The running back, he lets Najee Harris get out the back door because he comes in to fill in. I think he was trying to fill the B gap. Najee Harris isn't there, so I don't know why you're there. You, there there's no running back there. You're rushing the running back. Why are you in that gap? And I may be wrong on which gap it was, but while he's busy doing that, Najee Harris slipping out the backside of the, of the formation, getting a wide open, easy walk-in touchdown to give, like you said, Kenny Pickett, his first of his career. And, that, and look, honestly, you know, I love Devin White, but that wasn't his first or his only bad play. Of the game, and we talked to him in the locker room afterwards, and he basically kind of said, "You know, you don't always know where the running back is. You're trying to look for him, you're trying to find them, but sometimes it's hard to find them." I mean, look, you're an NFL linebacker, and to be honest, we this goes back to the conversation we had just a few days ago when your talk starts becoming bigger than your play, there's a problem, and your team's three and three, bro. And, and don't get me wrong, today he didn't talk like today he wasn't in the locker room talking about all this and all that. uh But your team is three and three. They were three and two when you were talking all that. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, again, this team, I think, needs to get refocused into what their job is, and I don't mean all of them. Some of them are locked in, but by and large, as a unit, they need to get each other back locked in, back hungry, because what I'm seeing is a team that really just has a problem of want to versus able to.
0: Yeah, Carlton Davis, number one corner. You know, yeah. he's he's the guy. He got his bag. I, I will say this before I, I dive in on Davis. The run defense looked much better, only allowed – 77 yards, mm-hmm. but Carlton Davis was the victim of a lot of those third down targets, yep. and he wasn't there to stop it. He he wasn't making a play. He wasn't living up to his end of the uh, the contract that he got. Is this? Do you think you know? This is also a guy. I'll 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 say missed part of the last two games with a hip injury. Mm-hmm. You know, has been dealing with that. Is this? Do you think his performance against the Steelers was an injury issue or was he flat out just outplayed by the receivers that he was guarding, uh, namely Chase Claypool? And uh, I think Deontay Johnson beat him a couple of times. Um, and, And, you know, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, did they just have Davis's number?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean Chase had a great day and, and and you can actually you can tell Beckett. So Beckett's a Notre Dame fan for everybody out there who doesn't know. But I went ahead and threw Chase a little, you know, good game uh in the tunnel after the game and, and so I want to pass that on to Beckett. And in spirit I did it for Beckett and as a Notre Dame fan. So you let him know that. But um yeah, Chase, Cole, chase, Clay, chase Claypool absolutely had a day, and a lot of those were against Carlin Davis. Look, there was one of the plays, one of the third-down conversions as was on the near sideline, and it was to Chase, and it was kind of the toe-tapper. Uh, Again, the angle that we have, the sideline kind of blocks our view, so we were uh, dependent on the big screen for whether or not he got this, his feet in and all that stuff. Um, obviously, he did end up getting his feet in. Um, but to me, man, I, I think that I think the injuries are are hindering Carlton. You know what I mean? Not to the point where he can't necessarily go out there and play. And maybe eighty percent of Carlton Davis is better than one hundred percent of some of these other guys, and that's fair. But I think absolutely today, because we you saw we saw that the Steelers were willing to run deep, look deep. You know, they didn't necessarily target deep all the time, but they were definitely showing the Bucs even that they were willing to go there if they allowed them the opportunity uh, to do so and late in the game. I think that's what you kind of saw as a team that was looking to kind of make sure that they kept everything in front of them, and yeah, the transition points, the the moving from backpedal to coverage to breaking down on a ball, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, and those and those opportunities were just able to make better breaks, and I think that that is it's indicative of a lot of time of help because certainly not effort, and, and I want to be clear, like when we talk about potential, you know, a unit that ha- that is, uh, has a lack of want to. I'm not talking about everybody. I'm not even necessarily calling one person out. Over the other, I mean, I do again. I think that Devin's been talking maybe a little too much than than he should be for for a team that's in this position and a player that's kind of making some of the mistakes that he's making. But that doesn't mean I think Devin White doesn't have the want to. I think you know that he's he's got some juice. But look, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean both your number one, number two quarterback. They are the guys that chase down Stephen Smith or Stephen Sims. Now, granted, you don't want Sims running that deep on the, on the second half kickoff anyway. But to see your number one and two corners. Going out there and making that play. Oh, by the way, now the Steelers' offense is on the field and they need to, the defense needs to stop them from scoring touchdown, which they did. So there's there's heart there. It's just it seems to be less bully ball, which is what we kind of saw during that Super Bowl run, and more just kind of will make a play eventually. And I, it, it looks like a unit that basically is relying on the fact that we're okay because eventually one of us is going to make a play instead of being hungry to go make that play.
0: Well, we're going to talk about one of the other major differences between this Buccaneers team and some in recent memory. But first, we have to give a shout out to our friends at Prize Picks. How does it work? <clears throat> Five players, and if they were, will score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing with other people; it's just you against the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. That includes the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and women's college basketball. You could probably do it for Tom Brady's new pickleball team. There are so many different options. They have safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, just download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit 100, Price Picks will too. 50, 75, 25, 30, any amount. Up to one hundred dollars prize picks will match you as long as you enter promo code Locked On at signup for that instant deposit match. Wrap the things up here on a sad episode of Locked On Bucks podcast. David, I spent a large part of my immediate live postcast talking about something that's kind of been sticking in my brain a little bit, and it really came to fruition today. One of the biggest differences between the 2022 Bucks and the ones in 2021, 2020, outside of Antonio Brown being gone, Adamic and Dominic Sue, Rob Gronkowski, is Bruce Arians. Yeah. Bruce Arians isn't the guy roaming that sideline anymore he's not the guy that has his hand in the offense helping Byron Leftwich along um allowing Todd to focus strictly on the defense instead of all of the responsibilities that come with being a head coach is this buccaneers team 3 and 3 through 6 weeks if Bruce Arians didn't step away
1: honestly they might be and honestly they might be 2 and 4 because when I look at what's plaguing this Buccaneers team, and, and again, this is from purely my perspective. So if you disagree with what I think is happening, especially with the offense, you're going to disagree with what I'm going to say here. But if the problem really does resonate or start or root with the offensive line, Bruce Arians, you know, again, he didn't, he didn't get his no risk it, no biscuit, you know, nickname or motto or whatever you want to call it tagline from nowhere. And I just kind of wonder, cause I heard you talk about that. I kind of started got me thinking, I almost wonder if, if, if he were still running, you know, the entire show, if he might be saying, "Look, you're an offensive lineman. Go block. Go go protect our passer." And you're seeing sacks, more sacks. You're seeing more, maybe strip sacks because you know Tom's trying to throw, or maybe even an injury to Tom because he's in the act of throwing, uh, or you know he's he's trying to stand there in, in the pocket and he's getting the ball out when he shouldn't be. Um, I mean, I just I just wonder, you know, if you, if you make a quarterback who's already playing with the suspect offensive line hold the ball even longer, waiting for deep routes to develop more often than what this this team is asking him to do right now. I think the, the results could be more disastrous, to be honest with you. I know people want to see this team push the ball down the field, but uh, again, I really do. I really do believe what you're seeing is an offense that doesn't have faith in their offensive line right now, and that's why you're seeing the over overemphasis on the run. You're seeing more screens than I think people like to see. You're seeing some end-arounds because, you know, and, and James, we've had this conversation about some other quarterbacks and some bad offensive line situations, but a lot of times, When you have a suspect offensive line, what do you do? You try to move the pocket. You try to you bootleg the quarterback or you do some option stuff or you do some you do some rollouts, you know what I mean? You can't do that with Tom. Like Tom's a statue. So what your options, when you have a quarterback like Tom and you have an offensive line problem, you still want to try to move the defense side to side, tire them out a little bit, don't let them just run a straight line towards your quarterback. So how do you do that? You do it with sweeps? Well, honestly, can you point to the running back on this roster? That is really going to threaten the edge on a consistent basis like Leonard Fournette is not a burner. He's not a guy that can just boom hit the edge quickly if you lose contain and and take it down the field. Rashad White, maybe a little bit more suited to it, but he's not that guy either. He's definitely still more of a north and south type runner. Keyshawn Vaughn, we haven't seen uh, anything from because of apparently the team just doesn't believe he's, he's going to bring any value to the field. So really what you're left with is occasional end of rounds, right? We saw them try to run that with Chris Godwin today, and I think it, it, it probably wouldn't have worked, to be quite honest with you, but a penalty actually kind of saved them because instead of having second and 12 or 13, they ended up with first and 15, which I know sounds weird. But to me, those that's a better situation. Um, screens, that's where the screens are coming from because you are. You're trying to get the defense to have to cover the entirety of the field because if you're only running between the tackles, you're only throwing the ball downfield on traditional routes and combinations. Then as a pass rusher, your job gets a lot easier. So you have to find a way to try to threaten the edges. And when you have an immobile quarterback, there's only so many ways you can do it.
0: That's a really interesting way of looking at this. And honestly, as much as I've thought about it, I didn't really think about the flip side of that coin and Mm. that the, the Arians style. May put Brady and the offense in even more danger than they put themselves in. And, and I've well, I was extremely critical of the, the vanilla predictable yeah. play calling that there's there's nothing that we've seen that makes you think that anything's going to change any sooner. But you're 100 percent right. The the way Arians likes to air it out and, and go deep with this offensive line, it it may have spelled more doom than success. I I do have to mention though. I have to laugh at the moniker that was going around on Twitter as I was running the Bucks nation Twitter account. Uh, no biscuit, no biscuit is the <laughs> Iron left, Leftwitch
1: slogan. <laughs> oh, that's so wrong, but I mean, <laughs> I get it, but you know, like, I I really do. I think that's what you're seeing. I think that's why you're seeing this over reliance on the run, the over reliance on kind of the screen game and the quick game. And, And I think that's why you're seeing Tom, you know, dirt some of these balls again, you know, when when you're when you're trying to go through your throwing motion too fast, right? What tends to happen? What's what's more likely to happen that you release the ball early? or that you release the ball late. Well, I would say you're more off. You're more likely to release the ball late because your arm motion is accelerated. Your, your decision to throw the ball is ahead of your mental processing. So when your brain says, boom, here's when you throw it, your hand is already forward. So that's why you're seeing so many little balls. And again, and I could be wrong, but that's just, that's what I'm seeing uh, on the field. And, and I, you know, if you have that kind of a situation, I, I, I just don't understand. I don't, I don't quite see how else you go about trying to protect your quarterback and run some offense, but it's obviously not going to work for the long haul. It's obviously not something that's sustainable. They have to figure out another way to do it, but they've got to do it within the framework of what they have. Because, again, Ali Marpet's not coming back. Ryan Jensen's not walking back through that door anytime soon that we know of. So right for right now, they have what they have. I think that's why you're seeing the offense that you're seeing and the execution is going to struggle because defense is this – it is. It's vanilla. It's much more simple and it's an easier defense to run against this type of offense because, listen, if if – you know, Byron Level is an NFL quarterback. Tom Brady is, is the greatest to do whatever. If you don't think those two guys want to take advantage of having third string practice squad type cornerbacks on the field in Pittsburgh Steelers defense, then you're just underselling the level of competitive the competitiveness that it takes to be in the National Football League. So this isn't a, a, about whether or not Byron and Tom want to push the ball. It's whether they feel like they can push the ball. And again, then you go through some of the throws. That's why I think this, this is all on the offensive line, not from a blame standpoint, but that's I think the lack of confidence is there. It's significant. And it's impacting the offense. We want
0: to thank you for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or view of the day. Now make your second listen or view the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. We will be back tomorrow. We'll be stashing it. We'll be trashing it. We'll be talking more about this very upsetting and disappointing game from your three and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you have reactions, thoughts, anything at all to what I said in the postcast or David said here, of course, you can give us a call at 813-444-5841. Check out David's work over at Day.com. Check my stuff out at BucksNation.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at lockedonbucks at j underscore bucks at D-Harrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.